Hello and welcome. I'm your hostess, Tanai, and I'm an intuitive coach. I help people feel fully self-expressed in their lives and relationships by learning to accept and love every part of themselves. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal my own commitment phobia, to find out that there's actually no such thing. I'm ready to share everything that I've learned. So this podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia. So drop all your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to really create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am so just excited and intrigued by what will come out of the conversation today because today I have Julia Shepley, who's a sex relationship and intimacy coach, and she runs programs for women where they get to explore all of that and really be the baddest, boldest sexiest versions of themselves, like really be unleashed, or that's at least what I've experienced from doing her program, Portraits That Heal. And yeah, um, before I, I give the mic off to Julia to introduce herself, the reason why I wanted to bring her on this, on, on this podcast, first of all, was because my first experience with Julia was doing a boudoir shoot during a retreat that um, her sister and Amy, a coach that we know and is close friends with Julia too, um, a retreat that they're running. And um, so yeah, Julia is also a photographer. And in this photo shoot, it was really the first time when that I was able to be in my body and not be in the fears and the judgments of my body. I felt so safe in her, in her presence taking these photos and really feeling empowered and really feeling into myself and dropped in, um, that that set the, the standard for how I was showing up in my body, in relationships with men, and just like how I was presenting myself to the world. I came into that photo shoot as one woman and I left as another. Um, and that has been a big part of me and this journey of commitment phobia and intimacy fears and, you know, and really being present with another person. Because being present with another person entails being present with ourselves and our bodies. So I'm so grateful for that. And yeah, so Julia, there's your, there's that intro. <laughs> yeah, I would um, love to hear who, who are you today? Ooh, this is a good question tonight. I'm so happy to be here. And I just love you and adore you. And you've just been such a sacred sisterhood friend just on this journey together. Like we have just kind of grown alongside each other, you know, cheering each other on from a, from afar. And it's just incredible to have witnessed both of us expand into just these like expressed, grounded, powerful women. Um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And when she says afar, like literally afar, like literally she's been in Bali and I've been in Miami or Guatemala, but yeah, opposite sides of the globe. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and I love that, you know, reflection on that experience of that photo shoot, um, because it was, you know, just as special for me and I'll just never forget. I think you have one of my favorite asses of all time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I do remember you being like, I want to bite that or like, I want to grab your ass. <laughs> 
I'll never forget that ass. But who am I today? Um, such a good question. And, you know, as you were saying, you know, just bringing me back to photography, like, God, it was such a chapter of my life. And like, it's such a, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm no longer a photographer, you know, I'm a full-time uh, women's coach, um, which is just so amazing to say, like, I've, I've been coaching for the last year and just, and like photography was my life for so long. And so like, you know, for me with photography, it was like really good. And then with coaching, it's like amazing. So it's like, how, how good can it get? Um, so today I am a women's coach. I am a dedicated surfer. I am a women's empowerment cheerleader. I absolutely love it's my deepest, greatest purpose and calling in life, bringing women through the journey that we've been through, you know, the expression, self-expression journey and like finding themselves under years of conditioning and beliefs and, you know, just, you know, family stuff that isn't theirs to carry anymore. And um, so it's just amazing watching women just shed all those layers and just become a powerful, expressed, sexual, sensual goddess, you know, living in locations that they love to live in, doing work that they love to do, having the sex they want, the relationships they want. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, full blown what I'm into right now. Just, just deep, deep, deep into women's journeys. Mm. Wow. That's incredible. And that's exactly the energy that I, you know, that, that you give off and how <laughs> I, how I'm inspired by you every time you show up because it's like every day you just keep showing up. Mm. So yeah, really inspiring. And yeah, I, I totally resonate with with what you you said about um supporting women on their journey and um and having them experience what we had that's so perfectly said it's like i want you to have what i have kind of a thing mm-hmm. yeah there's so much room there's enough room for mm-hmm. all the women to have everything they've ever wanted <laughs> yeah so speaking of you know when it comes to your love life it's it's actually a story that i haven't really received firsthand like I can't, mm. I don't know. I don't even remember when Portrait said heal you ever really mentioned it, but but I do remember hearing from Taylor, our friend, mm-hmm. about how you had been in a long relationship, mm-hmm. and then you sort of had this like breakthrough, like this epiphany, um, awakening moment where you're like, wow, this isn't serving me. Um, this isn't who I am anymore. And so when you hear commitment phobia, it might not be something that like really resonates with you, but what in the fear of intimacy do you see was at play there when you were in this like relationship that you didn't want to be in anymore? For me, you know, in that, in that longer term relationship, and I guess like where my fear around intimacy came up and like continues to come up is like, you know, my fear around intimacy, like my deepest wound is like feeling trapped feeling like I can't be the full expression of myself. Like I can't be fully out in, in all the ways that I want to be out. Um, because, you know, will I, you know, my fear was always like, will a man ever be able to meet me there? Will he ever be able to love like my full range? Like how colorful I am, how expressed I am. Will it always threaten him? Will I ever like be able to find someone who can like really, really grow with me in this lifetime? And I think, you know, my past relationship is like, you know, we were 23 when we started dating and I was, I'm a complete, like, so you change so much in your twenties 
And so like, I was a different person when I started that relationship to when I ended it. And like, when I started it, I was, I was not really awake to how colorful and expressed I was. And I really did that changing in the relationship. And it just so happened that like, you know, we just, you know, eventually got to a crossroads where it was like the woman I was becoming wasn't going to be able to hold, like the relationship wasn't going to be able to hold that. And we just wanted different things. And so, um, yeah, like when I got out of that relationship, you know, I think, you know, because I have so much desire and I'm so expressed and I'm so colorful in the things that I like to do. And, um, yeah, I was just like, I always kind of felt wrong, like, you know, oh, like the regular relationship structure, is it like, am I just, is that never going to suit me type of fear? Wow. And, and did you have that fear during the relationship as well? I think I've always had that fear in relationships. Like, I think my relationships have always kind of, you know, ended in some form because, you know, I just wanted to be more free. Okay. And it was that something that sort of showed up your entire life or just in relationship? Um, you know, well, I think the important thing to, for me to note here, and I just feel inspired to say this, is like, I'm a sober alcoholic. <laughs> so like, for me growing up, like I grew up like with addiction, you know, and like, for me, like, I was just always in my life searching for highs, and searching for like the high things, the best things, the most wild things. And so obviously that would, you know, trickle into my sex and relationships and love life. You know, it's like, I didn't really know how to have, you know, a stable, peaceful relationship. Cause like, I was always like searching for highs or the new thing or the new guy or like, you know, new experiences. Um, and so that flavor of like, you know, getting in relationships and getting then getting tired of the guy and, you know, wanting to sleep with someone else. Like that was just such a recurring theme for me, you know? And now I can look back and be like, you know what? Like you, you, it's totally fine. Like I shouldn't, I just should have just been single all those years, but I loved relationship mm. and I loved like deeper, like more deeply connecting with people. Like that was really natural for me, but I also really wanted to play with other people and I never really had approval for that. So, you know, it would come out as like, I would cheat on people, you know, I would have leaky energy. Um, so yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So actually maybe you do resonate more than I thought with the yeah yeah like like, sounds yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you mentioned that that you know that word approval which is like you know it mm. should be it should be like just written on everybody's <laughs> walls yeah how did how did that journey start like how did that journey of having approval for all these things begin and continue such a good question. Um, so it really began in my last relationship. And, you know, my sister is Ellie, who we've talked about, and her best friends, you know, our friend Amy, they run Desire on Fire, which is like, you know, women's retreats and programs and like, you know, deep work on feminine work, you know, feminine healing, sensuality, sexual expression, like all these things. And so like, I couldn't, I couldn't avoid it. Like my sister was in this work, and, you know, she'd share with me about it. She'd be running these things. And, you know, I would always, you know, there was a desire inside of me to do her programs, but it was so confronting, you know, cause I was like, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to look at my sex life. I didn't want to look at my, you know, relationship because I, I just knew what was going to happen when I started doing that. And it was just like, you know, my whole identity changed. And that is a 
<laughs> really painful process. Like I just wanted to say, you know, you know, I just, I, I really didn't have approval for how much like hunger I had. Like, you know, I just remember looking at girls who would just like, you know, you know, start dating a guy after college and then, you know, get the dog and then move into the apartment and then get married. And like they, to me, I thought like they just seemed, you know, so happy and so fulfilled. And so I never had approval for myself. Like, why can't I be more like that? Like, why can't I just be satisfied in like a, you know, conventional relationship? Like my life would just be so much fucking easier if I was like that. And, um, and so I just, yeah, made myself wrong. And so I didn't start feeling right until I, you know, got out of my way and started doing the women's programs and retreats. And I started waking up to like all these women, powerful witches who were like, having the sex they wanted, having the relationship they wanted, having threesomes, like leading a life based off of desire instead of obligation. Like these women were literally on fire and I wanted what they had. And so, you know, through that period of going to retreats and doing their programs is when I just started learning, like I felt like started to feeling, feeling at home around those women, women and started feeling less wrong for wanting all the things that I wanted. Yeah. And, and, and with this approval that you started feeling for yourself, how did you start showing up differently in relationships mm. or, or dating? Oh my God. I'm like, probably I was like a goddamn mess. I mean, it's like, you know, once you start waking up to how much you desire, you can be kind of, you know, you don't have the tools of like patience and softness. <laughs> so like, I would just come back from like retreats or programs and come back to my relationship my, you know, committed, monogamous, cozy relationship and just have all of these needs like and desires. And like, I want to like, this isn't working for me anymore. Like we need to, you know, I was just very like my way or the highway type right. of vibe. And, and suddenly uh, it's like, I have the right to ask. So like, I'm yeah. going to ask and I'm going to put it out there. And like, yeah. yeah. And then getting resentful, like resentful that like, like it was just like, I want this now. And so, yeah, that was kind of like, you know, it was just like, you know, I think when you start waking up to your desire and this work and all the things that you want, it can be so uncomfortable because all of a sudden your life just becomes so sticky. You're like, wait, what is even happening? Like, I'm realizing I don't like my job. I'm not having good sex. This isn't the relationship for me. Why am I living here? And that can be a really like, uncomfortable process to go through. So like it was messy. It wasn't perfect. Um, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of like what you intuitively foresaw. When right. You were like, that's why I was like, I don't want to do this because I'm going to, I'm going to like, shit's going to fall. Yeah. Away. That's why I had so much resistance to start doing this work. Yeah. What would you call that chapter of your life when like everything was a mess? Rupture. <laughs> I got that from, you know, I was reading Pussy by Mama Gina, which is like one of our yeah. Bibles, I feel like, in our community. Uh, oh, and yeah. she she talks about rupture in the book. And yeah, that to me is just when you when you start this journey and you start like you start reconfiguring your life based off of desire and not obligation, like it feels like a rupture. You know, I have so many clients right now who are in the rupture and like they've been crying for like mm. six months. Yeah, I love that you just said that because the next thing I was going to ask you was like when clients show up in this 
yeah, what how, what, how do you guide them or what do you? I mean, I just, for yeah. me, like, I think they find a lot of peacefulness in how normal I, normal I make it for them. You know, I'm just like, you know, cause I went through a rupture for like, you know, like a year, over a year, like almost two years I was rupturing. And it's just so part of the journey because it's literally like for me, and this is what I tell my clients, like I spent like most of my life, not letting myself really feel and, you know, just being a good girl and being a people pleaser and really like, you know, being happy and joyful and life of the party. And, and so for me, like rupture really brought me face to face with my shadow and my darkness and the parts of me that, you know, are nasty, you know, and, and, you know, that is a really uncomfortable process. And that's where women find their power, you know, in the rupture, in the feeling, in the darkness. Um, If they can rise from that, they can get through anything. And so I just tell them, you know, babe, you are literally exactly where you need to be. Like you are right on time. Like, like for me, it's like my rupture is where I learned to feel and like actually be okay in the feeling, like the bad feeling, the discomfort, the sadness, the, all of that that comes up when you're rupturing, like that's where I learned to just kind of like, you know, soothe myself through discomfort. Wow. That's, I, I love how you said that, that that's where women find our power. If we can really sustain that because yeah, the feminine is all about the up and down mm. and all these feelings. So it's like, can we really sustain that? Mm. Yeah. Can you, are, is there anything in particular that, that you'd love to share? that is like one of those demons that you really had to look mm. at and, and it was like so uncomfortable to be with and now it's the source of your biggest power so I mean you know just just recently I went through a big one which was you know you know starting to come out and share about my journey with herpes which you know just even when you say that I think just my sex life you know I sex was my loneliest scariest spot in my life. You know, it was just like the place where I held the most tension, the most darkness, the most sadness. Um, And that's really what started me on this journey, like feeling unfulfilled in my sex life and just knowing just so deep down that it didn't have to be that way. And so, yeah, just like, you know, a woman's sexual expression can be just a like journey can be just a very like isolating, lonely experience. Like it's our set women's sex lives are like, it's, it's literally the portal to our power. Like a woman, you know, not being connected to her yoni and not loving it and not pleasuring it and not having nourishing sex. Like to me, a woman robbing herself of that experience is like the fucking saddest thing ever. And so, yeah, I really felt that. I just felt the longing for like deeply connected sex and um, having a, you know, having the herpes virus really, really um, had a a part in that because I just felt so much shame. I felt so wrong. Like any, you know, if I had sex with a guy and I didn't tell them, you know, if I, and I didn't have sex on an outbreak, but it's like, I always felt like I was like lying. Like they didn't know a part of me that I was hiding a part of myself that like, you know, yeah, just like I felt unknown, you know? And so for a woman to feel safe and surrendered and pleasure in sex, you really need to feel safe and loved. 
And so I just felt like I, you know, I was really suffering because I was so ashamed of this thing. I didn't know how to tell people. I didn't want anyone to know. And as a result, like I was really, I wasn't having the connected, deeply safe, nourishing sex I wanted. So yeah, herpes and my sex life are definitely, you know, my, my, my biggest shadow in my life and bringing, bringing that to the light and going through the portals to create a nourishing sex life and, you know, find approval and love and gratitude for the virus I have. Like that has just, yeah, been the biggest ride. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And like, you know, you shared earlier how being free is just such a big thing for you that I'm sure. Mm-hmm not communicating this, like Mm -hmm. impeded on that freedom, like being able to fully be free in sex was never possible because you like, Mm -hmm. there was something there in the room that you weren't in. Mm -hmm. So it was something Mm -hmm. that was literally holding Mm -hmm. you back. Yes. Nailed it. In general, like for all women and for yourself, how has like continuously being more free in your sex life impacted other areas of your life? And in, in general for women, how does that impact? Oh my God. It impacts everything, ladies who are listening. <laughs> I'm like, stop everything you're doing and connect to your pussy. <laughs> you know, it's impacted so much. I mean, you know, for me, it's, it is like, you know, our, our yonis, our wombs, like this is where life is created, literal life. It is the most sacred part of ourselves. And like, you know, we have a, you know, body part dedicated solely to pleasure, like no other human animal, anything has that, you know, has a body part solely for pleasure. And so like, for me, when, when women are connecting to that, when they're feeding that, when they're filling their life with pleasure and sensuality and eroticism, they stop being so self-conscious, they stop hating their body so much. They start, you know, feeling more love and ease and and pleasure just in life. Because of that, you're giving off this higher vibration. And so jobs come to you, men come to you, like opportunities come to you. Like sex is such a high vibration, pleasure, radiance, orgasm. And women just like we have access to it at our fingertips every single day, literally, (laughs) literally. And so, you know, not utilizing it is just, yeah, as I said before, it's just robbing ourselves of good sex, amazing partnership, the jobs we want, loving our bodies. Yeah. All of that I've found through connecting to my sexuality and, um, self-pleasure. Wow. Like, yeah, disconnect from your sexuality and you're disconnecting from everything you want in your life. Is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I I know I was just telling my partner because we were just away for a little while and like my self-pleasure practice um like kind of went by the wayside. And I just noticed so so quickly what happens when I stop self-pleasuring. Like I just like can start feeling less sensation down there. I'm more in my head during sex, like I'm less like grounded just in my life and in myself and in my decisions. Like I'm kind of more just like, you know, just maybe a little more self-conscious or a little scattered. And when I am like deeply committed to my self-pleasure practice, I am just like in love with myself, grounded, like confident. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, the self-pleasure revolution is just a thing that like really needs to happen. Self-pleasure revolution. Yeah, seriously. I just like, I just, yeah, it just came to me. 
with our our energies combining. Um, and 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 as you're mentioning your new your new partner, mm. I would love to ask you about that specifically. Like you you mentioned, you know, the old you was like, all right, stability and and the house with the partner and the and like you know the picket white fence or whatever they say is what you thought was going to make you happy. How does this relationship look? Hmm. Like, what is it about this relationship that you had no idea would actually make you happy? And it looks completely different from that traditional relationship. Hmm. I love it. You know, I'm like, so, well, the thing is, is after I got out of that, that last relationship, I went on like a wild sexual expression year of just like, you know, hooking up with guys, having, you know, casual, but super connected sex. Like I just, you know, I just let my, Ooh, and wait, what is actually, what is casual and super, super connected sex mean? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so basically, you know, well, I like to say empowered casual sex and, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend this. <laughs> <laughs> don't try this yeah don't maybe don't try this at home because like now in my coaching like I kind of steer women away from this because I mean I don't know like if it's a part of a woman's journey then then I would never rob her of it but like for me I was just really in this place of after I got out of this relationship like wanting to explore sexually with people wanting to like let my hunger out because I had kept it so you know tight in the in my last relationship Um, and so what this looked like was like, I led sexual experiences completely based off of my desire. So like, I didn't have a desire to date, like, you know, having dinner or, you know, getting a drink with a guy like felt completely energetically draining to me. I knew that I just wanted to have like connected sexual experiences with guys. So I would go on the dating app. I would find a guy like that. I felt like energy with electricity towards. And I would just message him. And I was just saying like, say, listen, like, you know, I have a desire like to have like super hot connected sex for like two hours in the next couple of days. Like, are you available for that? And, you know, some of the guys would be like, oh my God, what? Like <laughs> some of the guys were like a hell yes. Some of the guys, like it was too much yeah. for, right. That's like my, my desire and, and doing the work for me. Like, I really was connected to so many incredible men who were, I was so attracted to, none of them were weird. None of them were, you know, anything. Like I had amazing sexual experiences like that. And, you know, if they said yes, I would say, okay, great. Like, you know, let's take this offline. And I would just say, you know, when can you come over? You know, I'm going to be wearing lingerie. Like this is how I kind of wanted to feel. Um, and yeah, I just had amazing sexual experiences. And I just said, you know, I might, we, I might want to see you again, but like, you know, I'm, you know, maybe not type of vibe, you know, it wasn't like, you know, this is and, um, occurring. Yeah. And, and what really stands out to me is like, you're, you're like, you sort of just stated what the expectations were. Like you, you stated what the situation is like, Hey, I might do that. Hey, this is what I want. Like, Hey, this is what I'll be wearing. Is that something that came out of coaching or is that just something that, that just came out of you wanting to express. Oh my God. Oh my God. It just totally came out of, I mean, like, you know, just, just this, I feel like this trickled down from one taste, like through Ellie and Amy, just like literally following your desire. Like, what is your desire? Like, is it to, you know, 
have deeply connected sex for an hour or is it, you know, to be taken away for the weekend by a guy? You know what I mean? Like just getting so clear on what you want because that creates the experiences that you desire, you know? So anytime I like screwed away from my desire and like, you know, kind of went out of obligation to like grab a drink before, I always felt like exhausted and depleted after and not attracted to the guy. And so that was just such a sign for me. Like I'm not following my desire, like just do the thing, do the sexual thing that you want to do. So yeah, I had casual sex like that for like almost a year. And, um, it was such a ride. Like (laughs) it was such a ride. This is why I like, don't like recommend this to women because I just like, don't really coach casual sex anymore, but I am really happy that I experienced that. Yeah. All right. So, so don't try this at home, but it's something that you looking back now can see. Yeah. And like, and yeah, I I mean, what I see is definitely that you got to practice just like communicating your desires and really being right with them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted. That's really what, that's the ride I really wanted to be on. And so then what, how did that lead to this relationship? So that, so, so after that year, um, about the time I moved to Bali and, um, you know, then I just went into a complete winter. Like I just like closed up shop. Like I was just like exhausted from (laughs) my sexual escapades. Like I basically like my desire started shifting to like, you know, wow, I've had the casual sex. I've been there before. And like, it's still, I'm now I'm desiring like deeper connection, deeper, like, you know, someone to really explore sex like deeper sex with. Cause at that time I'd still been using my vibrator. Like, you know, I still knew that I wasn't close to how much potential orgasmic potential I could feel. And that was like, that was always like my compass. Like how I really want to have like the, the most nourishing sex. And I wasn't really having nourishing that, that was nourishing a part of me, like the hungry kinky part that just wanted like new experiences but I was, you know, I was using my vibrator almost every time. And so when I got to Bali, I was like, okay, I'm throwing out the vibrator and I am like going to really dive into like self-love, self-pleasure, like doing all the courses around, you know, yoni healing and getting my crystal wands. And I just really went inward, like just deeply healing myself. That's when I got sober. Um, and I just like really fucking went in it and healed and went through a big portal with that. Um, and you know, I, I, I was kind of ready at that time, you know, a while into that, um, to call in a, a deeper, more deeply connected play partner. Like I was like, I want a man who feels so safe, who I'm so attracted to, to practice deeper sex with. So I, who I can like really practice, you know, there's all these things I wanted to do, like squirting and anal and cervical orgasms and G-spot orgasms. And like, I needed a, I wanted a man to practice with. And so I wrote it all down. I created this man on paper and I just, you know, put it out to the universe. And I just said, I fully trust that she's going to send him back. And I just, you know, said, I don't want to pursue him. Like, I'm not even going to be on the dating apps. Like, not, not at all. Like, you know, he's just going to come into my life. He's going to pursue me. It's going to feel so effortless. It's going to feel so aligned. And that's that. And I continued doing my self-pleasure things and my spells and <laughs> healing my body. And, um, 
yeah, Ben arrived and I knew it was, I knew it was him when I met him, but I wasn't pursuing. And so I just kind of like, you know, I even told Amy and Kelly one day after we like ran into him at an event, I was like, you know, out of all the guys that I've seen, I was like, that's I'm most interested in, in this guy. Um, and anyway, long story short, we ended up like connecting and we were both interested in Tantra and he ended up, you know, sending me this amazing message. that was just like, I'm really interested in being your Tantra partner. Like I've, you know, been meditating and trying to manifest someone like you. And, um, yeah. And he was just like, I promise to hold like gentle, loving space. Like this would be very serious for me. Like it will be all about your pleasure, like completely no worries if you're not interested. And I was like, okay, goddess, I see you. (laughs) And so we started practicing Tantra and it was very, like, I was really into my recovery with, with my recovery work from alcoholism I was really into building my business. Like I, I didn't want a boyfriend. Like I, I, I was so into my, my life and, you know, still taking care of myself. I wasn't available. Yeah. But it speaks to like not being in that pursuing energy of like you doing you. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I, I was just available for really, we were meeting two times a week for like three hours and we just have this amazing. I mean, we were like awkward in the beginning because we were like figuring out each other's bodies and, you know, we were both sober. And so it was just kind of like, you know, really deep, like, oh my God, like giddiness. Um, Just real, like real, just being with all the things that show up. Real, just real presence, so much sensation, like here for it all. Um, And it was just amazing because, because we had set it up in this like Tantra play partner environment, like we were both there to expand sexually with each other. So it was just like, you know, all, all, all rules were out that like, there was no, like everything was on the table. You know what I mean? Like there was nothing you couldn't ask for or try. Like we were there to explore sexually with each other. And so we did that for, yeah, we met like two times a week and then, you know, two times a week turns into three times mm-hmm. a week. And then he was staying after the chat. And then before I knew it, I was meeting him for surfs in the morning and then we fell in love. <laughs> classic, classic Tantra partners, the falling love story. You know? And I think like, just to answer your question in the beginning of that massive rant, which is like, why is it different? Yeah. Like how, what are some ways that surprise you that were like, oh shit, this is not what I thought would fulfill me in a relationship. And yet I totally am. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, you would think that coming from where I came from, my dream relationship would have been like, oh my God, we're open. We have threesomes. Like we see other people, um, you know, that whole vibe. Um, and it's so funny because we're, 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 we're so not that <laughs> like we are monogamous. Like we, we love fucking each other. And I think like, because, you know, I've gone through this huge circle of like, you know, getting sober, like my life is just so much less like hectic and like, I don't chase highs anymore. And so for me, like just me, I am just a more grounded person now. Like I'm just more grounded. Like my life is more simple. And like with, with Ben, like, I guess what's different is like, we just have like deeply connected, nourishing sex. And like, we have sex almost every day. (laughs) And it's just like, that's kind of, what I've always wanted is deeply connecting, nourishing sex. And he is just the fucking best. Like he just supports me, like loves me, like is just kind of charmed and enchanted by my soul. And I just feel like 
for the first time in my life. Like there's nothing that I couldn't bring him that he wouldn't be like, okay, babe, like, let's see how we can make that work for you. Like he is my happiness and my nourishment is of the utmost importance Mm -hmm. to him. And I just really feel that like, and like, he know, he's older, he's like, he's 42 and, and I'm, you know, 29. And so he really knows that I'm still young and like, he knows that I still have, you know, some life experience ahead of me and he would never want to take that away from me. And so he's like, he really, he wants to be together. So he's like, how can I support you and having everything you want? And in, in that, it just makes me feel so loved, so supported and so devoted to him. That is so wild because, you know, I I was going to ask you, how did that search for freedom change? And what I'm hearing is that you found a man that is willing to actually make it, make everything that you want work, like make, like meet you there, meet you where you want to be, meet, meet your desires, meet, yeah, just meet you. So there's no, there's no need for that, like search because that freedom is there. Like you're, you're being met with that freedom. Yeah. I remember when we were first dating, like I had a, I had a desire to have a threesome with two guys. Like I've always wanted to have a threesome with two guys. And he was like, yep, babe, like, I would absolutely love to fulfill that for you. Like, you find the guy, find some, and then bring him to me. And I'll talk to him and tell him that it's going to be an incredible nourishing experience. Yeah. It's going to be all about your pleasure. And just that, like, just that just made me feel so loved. Like, it almost like took away the desire to, I mean, it did. Like, we haven't had a threesome with a guy. And it's just like, I just feel so seen and loved by him. It just makes me love him even just feel just so deeply satisfied. Like I don't experience a longing. Um, and just the, just knowing that if I did, he would help me fulfill it. There's nothing that I, I mean, I don't know about nothing, but like, I just really feel like he's just so on my team in having the life that I want to have. Oh, that's powerful. And yeah. just such a create, like something that you, you obviously created for yourself in, in all the work that you did. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, yeah, it, yes. huge acknowledgement to you. So, so <laughs> to speak on that, like what, what do you see for yourself and in, in how much freedom you've been giving yourself and how, how you created this man as a product of that? Mm. Well, I think it's like bringing it back to that you know, word approval. It's like, you know, I called in this deeply loving man who supports and loves all parts of me because I support and love all parts of me. You know, there's nothing that I disapprove of or keep in the shadow or think is wrong. Like I am just give myself the freedom to just be out in this world as, you know, everything I need to be. And the deeper that I loved myself, the, the more I gave the universe the opportunity to send a man who could like, you know, deeply love me. So, yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> would you possibly receive a man that really <laughs> loves you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Because I think, I think a question that runs through many people's minds is like, all I really want is someone to love me. Like, how could it be about loving myself? And like, there, there's the answer. The more that you love yourself, mm-hmm. the more the universe meets you at that frequency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. There's um there's been posts that have really stood out to me that you've written um in the past weeks or so about men. 
about mm. love for men, respect for men, appreciation for men. Yeah, I'm so there with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and lately, I've been creating so many friendships that with men that are not sexual at all. And it's just been like such a wonderful place for me to just let go and feel free to be me without that. Like, are they pursuing me? Am I pursuing them? And I think that's such a big part of women's side of fear of intimacy. And equally for mm-hmm. men, like all genders, like whatever, whatever fears you have, whatever ideas you have around about the opposite sex or the sex you're interested in, get in the way of you feeling vulnerable and intimate, right? So those posts, like, where do they come from? Where were you at before? And what mm-hmm. led you to write this like manifesto of like, I love you men? <laughs> I love you men. Well, I think for me, I mean, it just, it started because I would just be in relationship with men. And, you know, I would just, you know, be having trouble, be having trouble, like getting my needs met, um, you know, understanding them. You know, I felt a lot of like distrust and jealousy and just like, I found like I was always hating men. Like I was just always thinking that they were bad or misbehaving or just, yeah, I just always... I had a very disempowering narrative around men and it was affecting my relationships. And so I started, you know, diving into learning about men. You know, I would found, you know, there's Alison Armstrong, who I fucking love and Zach Rode and David Dida. And I really started, you know, earlier on in my journey, like learning about men. And it just blew my fucking mind. (laughs) you know, just learning about men, because I, I, I just lived my entire life, you know, like what Alison Armstrong says, like looking at men as if they're hairy women, you know, like just, just so wrong. And so I just started learning about men, how they communicate, why they do what they do. Um, the misinterpretations between men and women, um, how to create polarity, masculine and feminine dynamics. And, over time, I just started realizing like, oh my God, I have completely misunderstood men my entire life. And I've been making them wrong and I've making them the villain and I've been man-hating them. And yeah, it just kind of blew my mind that that's actually not at all what they are. They're like, abs- they're, first of all, they're human. Women love to like dehumanize men to down to like jerk or dick or, you know, ugh, like he didn't call me back. He's a player. And like men are truly amazing people with their own, you know, they're, they're hunters and they're warriors. Like women are gatherers, like how we show up in relationship, how we have sex, our needs, our wants, our desires, our communication are completely different. And once I started like opening up to all this, like my relationships with men just started to completely change. Like all of a sudden I started communicating with them differently, treating them differently asking for what I wanted differently and just watching them, observing them and just like completely falling in love with who they are instead of who I thought they were. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, wow. And you know, what that reminds me of, of something that has come up for me about relating to men as like the checklist that I want them to fill according to like, my perfect boyfriend or whatever, as opposed to like actually mm-hmm. seeing the person in front of me or who they mm-hmm. are actually, mm-hmm. yeah, actually like getting to know them, not getting to know them through the lens of like, who are you within the mold that I've created? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that, mm-hmm. if that resonates with you, but it's, it reminded me of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's like, like what I hear is like perfect rigid standards. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I want this like perfect man. And like, for me, what I found is like men, you know, don't come perfect. Neither do women. You grow together and expand together over time through communication and, you know, adoration for each other and acknowledgement, you know, men's like literal deepest need is to make a woman happy. Like making women happy is men's like deepest, deepest calling. And we just like completely, you know, chop every single opportunity to have a man make us happy. You know, we deflect and we reject like all of his offerings and his gifts and his, you know, commitment because we're just missing it because he's not showing up like a woman. And so we, we miss the gifts. And once we start relating to them as men, we all, our whole perspective opens up to like, wow, oh my God, this man is just here to meet my needs. And it's not about standards. It's about his effort. And it's not about, you know, perfection. It's about acknowledging his, you know, his contribution to you. And yeah, there's just so, so much there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but wow, you you said it so beautifully, like the contrast between um, what we're expecting and instead of like what's right in front of us. Yeah. 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 Another post that, that I read that really um, resonated or like that I thought was so interesting was this idea that you talk about um, sort of like creating a relationship with your own divine masculine. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what that means? Absolutely. Yeah. This, this past year, I've just dove deep into masculine and feminine dynamics and it can be an incredibly triggering, um, topic for a lot of people on Instagram that I'm, what I'm finding. (laughs) 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 Um, but basically, you know, feminine and masculine energies, they live within all of us. And, you know, the feminine is the radiant flow feeler intuition, like play, you know, force of life. Think of Hawaii, like Hawaii is so feminine, you know, you just go there and you feel relaxed and at ease and you get rid of the schedule. And then the masculine energy is really, you know, structure and vision and direction and purpose. And that's kind of more New York. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, you know, it's just like there, there, everyone is, you know, they're going somewhere in New York, like there is vision and purpose and direction. Um, and so, you know, all, both of those have toxic attributes and divine attributes. So, you know, the toxic feminine is, you know, gossip and neediness and, you know, rejecting the self for love. Um, yeah, neediness, cattiness, like just kind of toxic feminine traits. And then the masculine has toxic traits, which is very like pressure and get more done and, you know, control And so what we really want to step into is the divine traits of these. So the divine feminine would just be like radiance and trust and surrender. And the divine masculine is like, you know, I think like I always talk about Ben, like my partner, he is so the divine masculine to my feminine. Like he's constantly like holding me and like loving me and approving of me. And so that's really like the divine masculine energy, like picture like this, you know, divine force that's like holding the structure of your life in a very like loving, supportive way. And so 
so many women, like we have a toxic masculine inside of us, you know, you need to do more, you know, call that person back. Like you need to work harder, you know, no pain, no game. Like we can have this really intense controlling vibe inside of us. And it is, it, it is really devastating and detrimental to our natural sexual essence, which is femininity. And so, um, you know, the more women lean into their feminine, trusting this softness part of themselves, they start to become more whole. And then there's this whole other opportunity for them to strengthen their divine masculine. So for me, it's like my divine masculine within me, like really loving, really caring, really supportive. Like my divine masculine, like anticipates my needs before I see them. Like, you know, I'm constantly being like, you know, do I have my tea? Do I have my water filled? Like, okay, I have a bunch of tasks to do today. Okay, honey, drop off your laundry, get that done. You know, mm. this is your to-do list. Like, are, are you fed? Are you nourished? Like, babe, how are you doing? Like, I'm constantly talking to myself like that. Like my divine masculine within me, like I get in bed and I hold myself and I talk to myself like from a different entity. Like, oh, you're so beautiful. Like I would want my beloved man to, mm. you know, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. And so oftentimes, like if women don't have that strength and divine masculine within them, they'll, they'll be looking for masculine energy from a place of grippiness and neediness instead of just like a beautiful addition to their already radiant, you know, centered, grounded life. Wow. And like in my case, like I love when you said like creating that structure from a loving, non-judgmental place because what I would be like calling into my life is men that were very structured and I would feel so judged by them in my non-structuredness. And I, it was like it, in no place in my mind did, was there the possibility of loving structure? There's, that just didn't exist. There's only judgmental structure, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so yeah, like what I really like now that you're saying this, it's such a perfect time for me to, also hear it because I also this year took on creating that relationship with my masculine within me because otherwise I kept idealizing the masculine um, because of my unhealthy relationship with mine. So, so yeah, I started seeing that like my lack of structure and my lack of, of like boundaries and, and holding and all of that. Mm -hmm. And now I love that addition of like adding some love to it, you know, mm -hmm. because, it's all love. Yeah. Um, my coach, I'm working with Sherry as my one-on-one -on -one coach. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm obsessed. Yeah, yeah I, I had a feeling you would react that way. Because I think, I don't know if you, I, I definitely know Amy and Ali. Maybe you were crying when oh, she did her exercise. Sobbing. Always. Every time Sherry yeah. talks, I cry. <laughs> yeah, so just imagine. Like, I've been working with her one-on-one. -on -one, and she said something like, a powerful man wants you to be free. Oh, well, like, just what? just when you were saying that, like when you said something before, it made me think like, you know, my like Ben, his like masculine energy, like he like like I am completely unraveled with him. Like I mm -hmm. drop shit. I forget things like all mm -hmm. of this stuff. And like for me, it's just like it's his favorite. Like for me, that's the feminine. Like I'm so yeah. in my flow. And like he loves he loves that. It's his it tickles him. Oh, all of that. Yeah, we have such a tendency to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for the mess. Or like, 
someone comes to your place and not, not everything is like in its mm-hmm. place and you're like I'm so sorry and you have to like justify yourself for the mess and it's like what why did we make structure mm. the norm and mess the like mm. wrong thing that you have to like apologize for like sorry for making it uncomfortable for you to witness my mess mm-hmm. I know the divine masculine would be like oh it's so sweet honey you're so cute like how can I support you in in creating more you know ease and feng shui in your living space so that you feel more relaxed (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I want everyone to just like take a moment to hear that again that that is possible oh yeah 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 Yeah. um so you just finished you just finished Wet Woman, right? Yeah. Uh, I just want to give you a moment to like brag about it and say what it was about and, and like what are the biggest breakthroughs that women got out of it and what it what it is. Yeah. Oh, it was it was really an amazing program. I mean, my like favorite thing about that that program was the women I got to work with. Like every single one of them were just like soulmate clients. I love them. Like I just feel like I think about them all the time. Um, and they're just such special women. Like I just felt so connected with them, so aligned with them. And what women was all about, you know, self-pleasure, dating, understanding men and relationships, all about, um, like we really went in like individually to their lives, like, you know, stuff that they're going on. So it was like, it was like, you know, like a, a free for all at times of like, you know, different, different teachings. You know, we went into the divine masculine, we went into masculine and feminine dynamics. Um, so it was an incredible four. Yeah. It was supposed to be three months. It didn't feel complete to me. So I added another fourth. Yep. <laughs> I'm always mm-hmm. doing shit like that. I'm like, no, we're not done yeah, yet. We, we did that with portrait, portrait heel. Yeah. yeah. Portrait heel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I'm doing, I'm doing that too. Like I keep extending. So I'm like, no, this is not enough. Yeah, absolutely. Not, more no. time with you guys. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's the right. That's the feminine, like being able to like, you know, just, just follow what's resonant instead of being, you know, attached to the structure or the thing you originally said. Um, so yeah, wet woman was amazing. I feel so connected to the women I got to work with and yeah. Uh, and what do you have coming? Yeah. I mean, I cannot believe that an hour just went by. I know. Um, seriously. I could, I just want to like, like get <laughs> some popcorn and just stay here all night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's so incredible. You just finished this program. Um, what do you have coming and, and what would you like to invite my listeners, Mm. um, to do, to get connected with you or to work with Mm. you or, yeah. Um, an exciting thing I have coming is kind of an intro course, like intro to feminine radiance, all for women who are, you know, maybe new to this work or new to this, new to these communities and are really looking to spend eight weeks together in a group. Um, and we're just going to be, you know, diving into sensuality and self-pleasure and men, and it's going to be fun and approachable and, um, just like a really expansive, fun eight weeks. And then after that, I have, I haven't even, you know, I haven't even announced this yet. So this is the first time I'll be saying it, but Uh (laughs) This is, I'm so excited for this because this has been just, just understanding men and masculine feminine dynamics and polarity in relationships and how to be a feminine queen has just been like the, like my journey to a T in, in relationships with men. So I'm creating this program called Radical Magical Dating. I'm mm, so excited. 
And it is going to be six months and it's going to be for women who are just like really looking to like dive into understanding men, understanding, you know, why they have sex, what they're all about, what makes them want to commit farther than just, you know, a one night stand all about, um, you know, feminine radiance, feminine communication, like how to have polarity. It's going to be all about conscious sex. And I'm so excited for that. Yeah. And then I'm hosting my first retreat in September. Oh yeah. yeah so oh my excited. God. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. Know. How long is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be uh, four days, uh, September 23rd to the 27th at this like amazing little organic farm in Northern California. It's just going to be like cozy and cabins and bonfires. Mm. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. So cool. Um, how can everyone find out about it? Um, the best way to connect with me on it is on Instagram. So my Instagram is called magic underscore underscore juju. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, so good. I have a I have a request actually. I love when when surfers share about the wisdom that they mm. learn from <laughs> from surfing. So I have a request that you post a little wisdom nugget of like things that you've learned from surfing. Oh my God. I love to surfing has been like the biggest personal growth course I've ever done. I will. I'll write more about surfing. (laughs) I love you tonight. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on here. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaimelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.